Welcome to the first episode of the Hope That Kills You podcast. I am, as usual, your host, Brian Brennan, in the place to be. I know you guys are used to me saying that on my other podcast upon further review with Brian Brennan, but today I am trying something different. I am starting a podcast dedicated to my favorite TV show, Ted Lasso. Folks, if you follow me on social media lately, whether it be my Instagram, my Facebook, or my Twitter, or my TikTok, Psych, you guys know I don't have a TikTok. I'll, ne- I never, I'll never have a TikTok. But it's hard not to notice on my social media that I have an infatuation with the TV show Ted Lasso. I don't want to call it an obsession because that kind of sounds bad. But I do have a deep infatuation and love for Ted Lasso. This show has changed my life. No TV show I've watched before or since can say that. This show and the wonderful characters on it make me want to live a better, happier life. I remember hearing about the concept for this show. An American college football coach goes to England to coach a fictional English soccer team. And I remember thinking, yeah, like that's going to be a good TV show. Like I had seen you know, TV shows based off of uh, commercials before or skits before, like The Cavemen. And I, it hadn't been good. I, I had obviously seen the skits before with Jason Sudeikis playing Ted Lasso and going to coach Tottenham, the NBC Sports commercials. But never in my wildest dreams did I think that this would become a good TV show, let alone one that has changed my life the way it has. And not only is it the positive, happy message of the show, I think when it was released, it, I think when this show was released... That has a lot to do with his popularity as well. Right in the middle of a pandemic, in a world divided right now. Red versus blue, white versus black, vaccine versus no vaccine, mask versus no mask. This silly little TV show has come into our lives and taught us what it's like to, well, believe again. So, this podcast is for the true Ted Lasso fans. I struggled a lot trying to figure out what direction I was going to take with this podcast. Uh, I, did I want to make a podcast for people who haven't seen Ted Lasso yet, or maybe curious, not judgmental, and want to watch it? Or do I want to make one for the diehard fans, who, like me, who have been there since day one? I decided to go with the latter. Not, not to say we're not going to have stuff for beginners of the show as well, but this is going to mostly focus on stuff for the diehard fans as well. So on today's episode, the first episode of the Hope That Kills You podcast, uh, we're going to do a quick recap of the last two episodes, episodes eight and nine, uh, and talk about where the show is going from here, because let me tell you folks, I have some ideas, I have some theories, some of you may not like them, but I'm going to lay them all on the table for you. And also today, also on this episode, I'm going to give you a top five favorite characters ranking for me, and this may shock you guys, Ted Lasso, the title character of the show is not in my top five favorite characters. I, I know, it's shocking. It's like saying SpongeBob SquarePants isn't, your fa- isn't in your top five favorite SpongeBob characters. But I'm going to explain to you why. I'm going to give you my top five. And like this show has taught us, it's okay to disagree, folks. We're not always going to see eye to eye on everything. So if you have a top five favorite character from Ted Lasso that's different from mine, let me know. Before we get into all that, I kind of want to tell the story of how I started watching Ted Lasso. Like I said, this show dropped right at the perfect time, right in the middle of a once-in-a-generation pandemic where tensions were at an all-time high. 
I was visiting my parents in New York, September 2020. It was the first time I had been home uh, in the pandemic. Uh, and both my dad and I, who are huge soccer fans, we had talked about this show. We had heard about it, this silly-sounding show about an American football coach going to London to coach an English soccer team. We we'd heard about it, and we were like, you know what? Let's let's give it one episode. You know, I, I have a like everyone. I got a free year of Apple TV because I bought an Apple device. So we were like, let's give it a shot. Let's give it one episode, and if we like it, we like it. If not, we'll find something else. So my dad and I we watched episode one, the pilot episode where Ted Lasso arrives in London. You instantly find out that Rebecca, the team owner, is trying to sabotage him at every turn. We loved it. Then we watched another episode, and another, and another, and by the end of the night, we were all caught up, and we haven't stopped watching since. My dad is just as big of a fan of the show as I am. I mean, maybe he doesn't stay up until midnight like I do for the new episodes, but he's still a big fan. We just love this show. We love the message. We love how this show makes us feel. We just love Ted Lasso, man. God bless this show. I always say Ted Lasso is a miracle. And people kind of laugh at me and say, like, how can a TV show be a miracle like that? But to me, it absolutely is. This show has come at the right time, and it's affecting the right people. So I'll get off my sappy little soapbox about how much I love Ted Lasso, because I feel like I've talked about how much I love it for five and a half minutes now. So uh, as you guys, if you've listened to my episodes of Upon Further Review with Brian Brennan, you know how long my intros go. So uh, I'll get off my soapbox, and we'll, let's talk about the two most recent episodes, uh, Man City and Beard After Hours, because, you know, I'm in a lot of Ted Lasso forums on Facebook, Reddit, Twitter, and um, there's been some division amongst Ted Lasso fans on these last two episodes, especially the last one, the Coach Beard episode. But let's talk about it, and let's talk about some of the themes of each episode, and I will give you a top five characters list, and we can get on out of here. Much quicker than an episode of Upon Further Review with Brian Brennan. It's not going to be like a two-hour marathon like I've been dropping recently on that podcast. This is going to be a short, quick little podcast about how much I love Ted Lasso. So, without further ado, here we go. So I will warn you guys that there will be spoilers ahead for those of you that are just catching up now to season two of Ted Lasso, whether you watch the first season. I know I've given my login to plenty of people so they can watch it, which, by the way, I'm pretty liberal about this, guys. Uh, If you ever want my login to watch Ted Lasso, just just hit me up. Just hit me up. I I am totally willing, as long as you don't share it with anybody else, I, I am totally willing to give out my login so I can spread the gospel of this amazing show, Ted Lasso. Um... So season one, I I don't want to give a full recap of season one, but they get relegated at the end of season one to the championship, and you know season two is a bit of a roller coaster. They struggle as a team at the start of the season, but things really pick up when Roy Kent returns to the sidelines for Richmond to be the assistant coach, played by the amazing, now Emmy award-winning, Brett Goldstein. Very well-deserved, I have to say. Brett Goldstein absolutely deserves it. Everybody on this show deserved their Emmy. Like, you know, when I was, when I saw the Emmy nominations and saw that Ted Lasso had four nominees for Best Supporting Actor, I was like, pick your poison. They're all bloody brilliant. And Brett Goldstein ended up taking it home uh, for his role as Roy Kent. And, 
you know, in an amazing episode, Rainbow, this is ep- the fifth episode of the second season, Roy Kent returns to Richmond as a conquering hero to become a coach on the sideline. It's a brilliant, brilliant moment. Uh, my, probably my favorite moment in the history of the show. And um, that all kind of leads up. The team just has a lot of success when Roy comes back. They beat Tottenham in the FA Cup, and they earn a spot at Wembley at the FA Cup semifinal. So that's the main storyline of Episode 8, is that they're about to play Manchester City, but there's a bunch going on. Um, so Rebecca, the team owner, uh, she's on this dating app that Keeley uh, introduced called Banter. Shout out to Rebecca Hannah Waddingham, who's also now an Emmy Award winning actress for her role. She is amazing. But she, in this season, season two, you know, she's divorced. She's kind of on the prowl. So she uses Keeley's dating app, uh, which is an app that, you know, you can't see the face or the name of the person that you're, you're talking to. So for a good portion of the season, we know Rebecca's on this app. And we don't know who she's talking to. A lot of people, for some strange reason, were rooting for it to be Ted. I was not one of those people. I was definitely not rooting for it to be Ted Lasso. I thought that would have ruined, like, I wouldn't say it ruined the show for me, but I would have been disappointed if Rebecca's uh, banter match had been Ted Lasso. I would have been definitely a little disappointed. For sure. It is rev- and so by the way, spoiler, 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 spoiler. I-, I should have said that at the start of this segment. If you have not watched season two yet, spoilers ahead. Spoilers ahead. And um, so at the end of um, episode six of uh, The Signal, which is another great episode, uh, it is revealed that Rebecca has been texting Sam Obasanya, who's one of the players on the team. So... They finally agree to meet in episode 8, Man City. Um, Sam gets some good news about, uh, about the oil company, Perithium Oil, um, pulling out of Nigeria. And he's like, fuck it, I'm going to text this girl who I've been talking to on the dating app. And I'm going to ask her out. And he has no idea it's Rebecca. And you know, Keely and Rebecca have no idea that, they're talking, that she's talking to Sam. So Keely's like, accept, you gotta accept. And Higgins is like, you know, you could, why would you not accept this now? Higgins and Keely are really encouraging Rebecca to accept. So eventually, Rebecca accepts the offer and she agrees to go on the date with Sam, which leads to a brilliant scene. Well, I loved, loved, loved the haircut scene with Isaac. Um, That was an absolutely fun, awesome scene in episode eight. for an episode that is very serious um, and, and has, has a couple lighthearted moments, I thought that was probably the most lighthearted moment in episode eight for sure. When when Sam gets the haircut, I love that scene. Uh, it kind of brought me back to why I fell in love with this show in the first place because it was just so fun and awesome to see all the players having fun with each other. So they go to dinner and Sam and Rebecca meet at the restaurant. They still have no idea. That it's each other. It's talking to each. That they're talking to each other on the dating app, and and Sam eventually texts. She he texts the person on the app like, "Hey, I'm at the bar." And Rebecca realizes she's talking to Sam and freaks the hell out. And she's like, "We can't do this. I own the team. You're one of my players. I this basically looks like I've been grooming you." And Sam is like, "Well, let's 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 not let's not panic here. Let's not panic here. Why don't we have dinner and just we can just have dinner as friends? Like, why why does it have to be a date?" We can just have dinner. We're two people that just happen to be at a restaurant, and let's have dinner together. So they do. 
They end up hitting it off. And Rebecca, at the end of the night, still says, this can't ever happen again. This can't ever happen again because you're 21 years old. You're a 21-year-old footballer on the team that I own. Like, and you're, I'm 25. This is just not, not going to work. It's not going to work. So, next day comes. They play Manchester City in the FA Cup uh, semifinals at, at Wembley Stadium. They get their asses beat. They get destroyed by Manchester City. Um, it's just a frustrating day for everyone. They give they lose 5-0. 5-0 to Manchester City. Now, admittedly, like in real life, Manchester City is just really good. So they were just in over their heads. They, they, like, the fact that they even had a chance from the start is, is impressive. And so, I mean, it's just a frustrating day for everyone. Nate... Gets a red, a yellow card from Mike Dean. Great cameo from Mike Dean. Um, I was not expecting a Mike Dean cameo in episode eight, uh, but we got it, and um, it, was, it was wonderful. And um, you know, Coach Beard is frustrated. Everybody's frustrated after the loss to Manchester City, and then Jamie Tart's dad, who is openly rooting for Manchester City, even though his son is now back on AFC Richmond comes into the locker room after the game and is just a real dick to Jamie. He's a real asshole to Jamie. He does not a typical father son. He's borderline abusive to Jamie. And Jamie starts to walk away from his dad and he's like, don't don't you walk away from me, boy. And Jamie socks his dad in the face. It's an incredible moment. Like, I was not expecting Jamie to do that, but it was an incredible moment matched only by what happens next. So Coach Beard drags Jamie's dad out of the locker room, uh, bashes his head in on the door while he um, he's on his way out. And in just one of the most powerful moments in the history of the show, oh, it has to be one of the most powerful moments in the history of the show, uh, Roy Kent comes over. Now Roy, if you've seen season one, you know Roy and Jamie have an extremely tense and frosty relationship. Roy comes over and gives Jamie a hug. And it's just with Beware of Darkness by George Harrison playing in the background of that scene. I love it. I love it. It's hard not to get choked up talking about that scene, honestly. Um, That was, and it inspires Ted. He sees, now there's a whole other thing going on with Ted and the team therapist, Dr. Sharon Fieldstone, uh, in this episode as well. And um, Ted is afraid to open up to this therapist. Um, you know, he, he always kind of laughs off. Even though he's really nice to the therapist, he always kind of laughs off any of the serious emotions. Ted, after seeing what happened with Jamie's father, um, goes, steps out of the locker room, calls the, the therapist, Dr. Fieldstone, and sa- tells her that his father committed suicide when he was 16 years old in and then just as almost a, a powerful moment as when Roy hugged Jamie. Just two incredible, powerful moments to end this episode. Um, or towards the end of this episode. We still have one more thing to talk about here. Um, which, fatherhood. I want to talk about fatherhood. It, it's a powerful theme throughout this episode. We see it, you know, Jamie clearly does not have a good relationship with his father. His father has often been at times abusive to him, and just mean and a jerk. And it almost seems like there's the scene at the beginning of the episode when Sam's father calls him and says, I'm so proud of you, I love you, thank you for getting this oil company out of Nigeria. 
um, that is almost a turning point for Jamie. Jamie, uh, like I, I think that he realizes that he does not have a good relationship with his father, and he, it almost feels like at the end of that episode, Roy takes over as the father figure in Jamie's life, giving him that hug and making him feel like he'll be okay. Like everybody on the team stands up for Jamie at, at that moment, and it's really special. And you know now with Ted revealing that his father has committed sui- committed suicide when he was 16 years old. Uh, first off, it gives us closure to what happens in Diamond Dogs, an episode in season one, uh, with the dart scene where Ted is, beat- is beats Rupert, uh, the former owner of the club, in a dart scene, and um, he talks about how my father and I played darts every Sunday until I was 16 years old and he passed away. We don't really know. We that's it's almost that felt like a throwaway line at the time, but now we see the impact that had on Ted Lasso. It's why he is the way he is, and I'm looking forward to them exploring that more in the next three episodes. I, I think um, I think we'll definitely get some closure on it for sure. Clearly, it has an impact on who Ted Lasso is as a person. Why he's the way he is, why he's so you know charming and goofy and silly. We we like it feels like he's almost doing that to mask a lot of his inner demons, and we're going to explore that a lot as we go through the next three episodes. Finally, to close out this episode, episode eight, uh, Sam and Rebecca end up back together. So Sam, Rebecca sees Sam's press conference after the Man City loss. And sees how like he really puts on like a brave face. He's like, at least we tried to try. To, you know, it, it feels good. If we had not tried, it would have not been good. Basically, he says something along those lines. And Rebecca's like, I loved your. She texts him, I loved your press conference. Do you want to meet up? And Sam texts Rebecca his address. And when Rebecca opens the door, Sam is waiting for her outside. So, and they start kissing. And I just don't know. Like I've talked about this a little bit on a pond further review with Brian Brennan. But this can't possibly last. I'm sorry. Like as much as I, 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 as much as I'm happy that it wasn't Ted and that it was someone like Sam, I know it's not going to last. I, I, I know there's, there's, this probably won't have the happy ending that a lot of other relationships and moments on this show have had. So she is, he is one of her players. Rebecca owns the team. So how can it possibly last? While I'm glad they. They seem to like each other. I just don't see it lasting. I could see, you know, I could see people finding out. I could see Keeley finding out. I could see Higgins finding out. I could see Trent Krim, the Independent, finding out about this. So, there, I, as much as I, you know, I like the ending of this episode with them getting together and excellent, excellent music, um, music use throughout this whole episode. From Beware of Darkness during the Roy and Jamie hug to Don't Look Back in Anger um, after Ted calls the therapist and Coach Beard walks away um, to uh, Somewhere Only We Know by Keen when Rebecca and Sam meet up. Um, incredible music use throughout this whole episode. This is really, truly one of my favorite episodes of the show. Um, but I, and despite that, I just don't see Sam and Rebecca lasting. I just don't see it i cannot possibly see this going beyond like they're, they're I, they can't date she owns the team she, how awkward that would that be so 
here are some of my theories on where they're going to go with that. Sam could get sold to another team. Um, maybe in the I some I, I wouldn't be surprised if this season they leave a little bit for the off season as well, and Sam gets sold maybe to another team. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Rupert interjects as well, comes back into the fold. Um, I don't know if he's going to try and win Rebecca back. I, I doubt it because he has Bex now. But I would not be surprised if Rupert either finds out about Sam and Rebecca in some way, or if I I, I don't I, I could just see Rupert playing a role. I, I could I just don't I hate Rupert. I hate Rupert. Rupert. We're gonna talk about my top five favorite characters in a minute. I cannot stand Rupert. Rupert is an asshole. I, I hate that guy. Um, but I could see him playing a role. And like I said, I could see Trent Krim, the independent, playing a role as well here. Um, at the end of episode seven, um, uh, Headspace, I believe that episode is called, uh, he runs in Trent Krim, the independent, uh, the journalist who does a great job covering Richmond. A lot of the supporters put stock into what Trent Krim says. He, fu- he runs into Ted Lasso at the pub and asks Ted why he left the Tottenham match early. And Ted says it was because of food poisoning. So I believe Trent Krim is on the prowl. He is on the prowl to find something out about AFC Richmond and that that could lead to him very possibly finding out about Sam and Rebecca. I, I don't know, which it could cause a lot of drama. I'm excited to see where they go with this. But like I said, I really don't think this can last. Like I, It's the fling. It's nice that they're doing it. But I don't see Sam and Rebecca getting married or anything like that. Or having kids, like they they both know this can't possibly last. So we will see where that ends. Now into episode nine, beard after hours. Um, so after after um, Coach Lasso has the phone call with the therapist in episode eight, he said he he runs into Coach Beard and Coach Beard's like, I'm not going to take the bus back with you guys. I'm going to walk this loss off, and I'm just going to explore it. I'm just going to walk it off, and. So episode 9 is a standalone episode that follows Coach Beard after the Manchester City game. This episode has been controversial in Ted Lasso figure and Ted Lasso forms lately. Uh, a lot of people love it. A lot of people don't like it. A, a lot of people are in the middle of it. I will say this is not my favorite episode. I will say the Beard episode, while I like it, and as much as I love Coach Beard and I love Brendan Hunt... I, I just don't know if this was the time for a Coach Beard episode. We are at the peak of the season right now. We have three episodes left to sort out the mess of this show. And I just don't know if a Coach Beard-centric episode was the way to go. I, I don't. It's not personally what I would have done in this episode. Now, I know there are 12 episodes this season, so they had to have some filler. The Christmas episode, episode four, is also considered to be filler. And that's another controversial episode. I loved the Christmas episode. I liked the Coach Beard episode a lot. But I like every episode. I'm kind of biased, but I liked every episode. Um, But the Coach Beard episode, probably not the greatest episode. And I don't know if now is the best time to release it, honestly. So... In the episode, Coach Beard just kind of goes on a crazy adventure throughout London. Uh, he goes to this private club, uh, Bones and Honey, with the, the hooligans. I don't want to call them hooligans. They, they seem like good guys. P- 
Paul, Baz, and Jeremy, the three guys who are always hanging out at the Crown and Anchor watching Richmond, the diehard Richmond supporters. And um, there's a great scene. My favorite scene, I actually talked to my dad about this, and we agreed our favorite scene in the episode was when Coach Beard and the Paul, Baz, and Jeremy go up to the Oxford guys, and um, he puts on this, this great Irish accent. Uh, like, he nails the Irish accent. I mean, Brendan Hunt, whoo, he absolutely nailed that Irish accent. And he just knows all these facts about Oxford and, and, all, and all this information. And um, I, I was, and they're all, like, really impressed. Like, all the, 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 the Paul Baz and Jeremy are like, how did you know all that about Oxford? And he was like, well, I used to date an Oxford professor, and I listen more than I talk, which I think is a good lesson. Listen more than talk. Listen, listen to people, folks. To listen to people, you never know what you'll pick up. I mean, Coach Beard, he, he didn't know. Like, he didn't know that he could, would be able to use all that information until he actually needed to use it. So he came through in the clutch. Now, the rest of the episode is a little wacky. Um, Coach Beard follows this this lady wearing red. Of course, she's wearing red because that's the theme of the color of seduction, um, popular trope throughout movies and music and. And or TV shows is the lady in red, uh, yeah, being seduction. So Coach Beard follows this lady. It turns out her husband is not. She has a husband, and he chases Coach Beard down. Um, Coach Beard eventually gets away from him and runs into Jamie Tart's dad again, uh, which is one of the few references to the previous episode. In this episode, um, is that. He is that Jamie Tart's dad shows up again with his friends and they beat the crap out of Coach Beard. Luckily, the guy chasing him, the husband uh, from the Lady in Red, uh, she fi- he finds Coach Beard and beats up Jamie Tart's dad for him. And that's a really nice scene. But then Coach Beard just still has all these troubles. He, uh, he, um, he tries to go home, but um, his, his key gets locked. He, he gets stuck in the door and breaks. Um, and then on top of that, he's dealing with all the, his relationship with Jane. Now, Jane is, has been a, a, his girl throughout the whole show. For those of you who don't know, Jane has been Coach Beard's girl throughout the entire series. She, um, and she's crazy. She's, she's completely batshit crazy. And um, he's been warned by Higgins and by other characters as well, stay away from Jane. Stay like you, you know, not not like is she really the best for you? Like you keep breaking up and getting back together and breaking up and getting back together. Is this really what's best for you right now, Coach Beard? And the episode ends with Coach Beard going to the club and meeting Jane, and they dance together, and that's how the episode, in effect. Ends. Now that was a little disappointing to me because after all that and after all the warning signs, like Higgins has been constant throughout the the show saying, "Coach, that that Jane is not good for you. You need to avoid Jane. She is not good for you." Yet the episode ends, and we see examples of this throughout the show. Jane is crazy. Like Jane is nuts. She called him like 72 times. She left like a thousand freaking messages on his phone while he was going through his wild night. And the episode ends with them still ending up together 
and dancing together. I just don't see it ending well for Coach. Like, I love Coach Beard. And I love Brenton Hunt. They're, like, he, he's amazing, but this relationship is not good. It needs to end. It's not healthy for Coach Beard. He's clearly caught in something that he can't get out of. And I, it's tough to watch sometimes. It really is. And all I hope is that he, find, he finally finds a way to get past Jane. Uh, like, even in this episode, when he goes to the Crown and Anchor, May is like, oh, did, are, where's Jane? And she's like, oh, we broke up. And she's like, so- oh, shocker, shocking, shocker. Um, but they, they got to do something about this. Now, I want to go back to something from season one that kind of ties into the last two episodes that we talked about. The episode Make Rebecca Great Again, which is one of my favorite episodes. I personally think it should have won the Emmy for Best Writing. I was surprised that Hacks beat it, but you know I, I won't get too mad about it. In that episode, um, they go to the karaoke bar after beating Everton in Liverpool. And um, I think it's kind of fitting that Sam... They show Sam, Coach Beard, and Rebecca all singing karaoke in that episode. And all of their songs are kind of fitting to them. Sam sings Wonderwall by Oasis. And he talks about, you know, maybe you're going to be the one that saves me. Maybe he views Rebecca as the one to save him. I, maybe. And then, and then there's Coach Beard, who sings Bad Romance by Lady Gaga. And, you know, that's all about being in a bad relationship and a bad romance. And... In season two, we see that Coach Beard is clearly in a bad romance, clearly in a, in a frustrating place right now, and he can't get out of it. So, and then Rebecca at the end sings Let It Go from Frozen. And we've seen in this season, Rebecca kind of let go. Like, she doesn't give a shit anymore. Like, it used to be all about, you know, trying to screw over Rupert and trying to screw over AFC Richmond. Now she doesn't care anymore. And that, uh, that I, I think that they did that on purpose. I've actually saw that in a Ted Lasso form, and I think it's a great, I, it's a great callback, and it, it, it's, it's, makes a lot of sense. Nothing in TV is done on accident or done on purpose, or done by accident, I should say. So, as far as the Coach Beard episode goes, I know it's getting a lot of, it's, it's controversial, it's getting a lot of hate, I feel, and I know a lot of people just kind of want to jump ahead to this week's episode, but I still liked it, I still, it's still not a bad episode by any means, we learned a lot about Coach Beard, he's clearly in his head, he clearly has a lot going on in his mind, he does not, for a character that does not talk a whole lot, let's be honest, Coach Beard does not talk a whole lot, but when he does talk, what he usually says is impactful and powerful and makes a lot of sense. So when when coach so we see that he's in his head a lot. Well, uh, we saw that he had a great he he at least he thought he had a better strategy for the Man City game than Ted, Roy and Nate did and they all talked him out of that idea. Um we see Gary Neville and Thierry Henry. Uh, shout out to them. Great cameo in this episode by both of them, I thought. Especially, you know, I'm a gooner, so I love Thierry Henry. But um, we see that um, he, he, they almost play the voices in Coach Beard's head. Um, and he has a lot going on in there. He's a very complex man, and I'm glad we explored it. I know a lot of people think this episode is weird, 
but I am glad we explored the character of Coach Beard. I'm glad we did a deep dive. Is this when I would have premiered the episode? Personally, no, because there's a lot going on right now. I, I just told you everything that happened in episode 8 with with Sam and Rebecca and losing to Man City and Jamie Tart and Roy Kent and Ted's father, but I still enjoyed this episode, and I still think that we can take away a lot from this episode, and we learn a lot about Coach Beard, who is a great character. He's a great character. So where is the show going to go from here? The next episode is called No Weddings and a Funeral. It's 46 minutes long. It's the longest episode so far in the history of the show. Uh, the, st- the still image is Rebecca dressed in all black and Roy and Keeley behind her. So somebody's dying. Somebody's dying in the next episode. I, I don't know who it is. I doubt it's a main character. I don't think they would kill off a main character with three episodes to go. But I, I am interested to see what kind of role this has on Rebecca's relationship with Sam. Um, I, and um, we'll just see where it goes, guys. I, I, there's still a lot of questions left to be answered in these last three episodes. I'm glad they extended it from ten episodes to twelve episodes. So we have more Ted Lasso content, even if we are getting filler episodes like the Christmas episode and the Coach Beard episode. I still am enjoying this season a whole lot, and um, I can't wait to see where they take us. All right, guys, that is as I I know I've spent 27 minutes uh, recapping the last two episodes. I'm sorry. I kind of rambled on a little bit, but when I talk about Ted Lasso, I just kind of keep going. I just kind of keep going and going and going and going like the Energizer Bunny. So, um... I want to give a quick top five characters list, and then we can get on out of here. So uh, stay tuned for that, folks. All right. I want to give my first top five list on this podcast, uh, the Hope That Kills You podcast, my top five favorite characters. Now, I would like to point out some honorable mentions here. Uh, Obviously, Ted. I mentioned that Ted Lasso is not my top five favorite characters, but I still love Ted. Don't get me wrong, Ted is awesome. Uh, Danny Rojas, Football is Life, another amazing character. Trent Krim, the Independent, of course. Uh, Sam Obasanya, who we already talked about, having the relationship with Rebecca, just heart of gold, great kid. And Toheeb Jimo is just a great actor. He does a great job as Sam, in my opinion. And Nate. Nate used to be in my top five. I would say just as recently as a few weeks ago, Nate was in my top five. Uh, but he has been du- bumped down a little bit. Uh, if you've watched season two, I think you know why Nate's been bumped down. Um, so I, I don't need to say anything more. But I do like Nate, and I hope he does. Ha- I hope we get to understand to why he's been such an asshole this season uh, as we go throughout the season. Uh, uh, these three episodes that we have left. I hope we get kind of a peek into why. I mean, we've seen it with his dad and everything. He clearly has a frosty relationship with his father. Uh, another important fatherhood theme that we've seen throughout the show, Nate with his dad. Um, but Nate, for now, is sitting on the outside looking in at my top five favorite characters. So very quickly, I just want to talk about my top five favorite characters and, and why they're in the top five. Number five is Keeley. Um, I just think Keeley's just so... As Nate says, Keeley's just so nice. And... Uh, you know, I, I I love her character. Everybody in the top five has had great character development. Um, 
but hers, I you know, she kind of starts the show off as like kind of a typical football wag, and you know, she's a little silly and goofy, but she develop she over time. It almost kind of reminded me a little bit of uh, Alexis Rose in Shit's Creek, honestly. Um, how over time she just kind of develops into something greater than just a you know hot. I don't want to say bimbo, but like that that type of person. Uh, Keely, of course, starts working for the club. She starts getting marketing opportunities for the players, and she's basically Rebecca's right hand woman at, at by the middle of season one. So, I I, I love Keely. I love her development. Um, you could tell that she was tired um, after the um, the auction episode um, for the children, the fourth episode of the show, season one, episode four. Um, Keely is just tired of being the typical footballer's girlfriend. And uh, while she does fall in love with Roy, their relationship is very different. Like You can tell they re- it's different from what her and Jamie had. Like It felt like she was just being with Jamie just to be seen. But meanwhile, she seems to have a really deep relationship with Roy. They seem to really love and care about each other. So, I love... I, Keely is just positive. Juno Temple is a queen, and she does a great job playing Keely, in my opinion. Uh, I was proud of her for being nominated for an Emmy, even though she lost to Hannah. But she deserved a nomination for sure. Uh, Keely is number five in my top five favorite characters. Number four is Higgins. Um, again, with the family. We've, we've seen Higgins with his family and, and his wife and his many children. I've even lost count of how many children Higgins has um, in the show. Uh, it's a lot of them. Uh, we see it in the Christmas episode as well. But Higgins... You'll see, he's just got undying loyalty, and you need that in a person. And his loyalty to Richmond and to Ted and to Rebecca is just great. Um, you can tell he is one of the first people in the show to be charmed by Ted Lasso. Like you can tell they're like they're making salad jokes to each other in the second episode. Like you can tell that Higgins is instantly swayed by Coach Lasso, in a way that Rebecca was not until towards the end of season one. And um, he's just, he's loyal to Ted. Uh, The end of Diamond Dogs, he he says, like, enough is enough. You have to tell Ted. And I just respect Higgins' loyalty. Um, I I love it. He's such a, he's a really nice guy, it seems like. And um, he just means well. And, you know, I, I love... How this and I talked about Rainbow being one of my favorite episodes, but I, I love how the song "She's a Rainbow" means a lot to him. And um, now I can't hear that song without thinking of Higgins and his wife. Um, Higgins is just great. Higgins is great, um, and um, he's yeah. I, I just respect the hell out of Higgins, um, and um, he's honest too. Like he he was one of the, like I said, he was one of the few people to say to Coach Beard. Your relationship with Jane is wrong. You should not like not not that it's wrong, but like, is this really the best idea for you to be in a relationship with this crazy person right now? So, I I, I love Higgins, Higgy Smalls, baby. Number four, uh, number three. Speaking speaking of the devil, Coach Beard. Number three. Um, I thought this past episode was a great. Like I already said a lot about Coach Beard, um, from this past episode, but I love. That he does not talk a whole lot, but when he does talk, he always imparts some kind of wisdom on Ted, on a- any of the other characters. Uh, Coach Beard, I have always said Coach Beard is an icon, and I stand by that. I, I think Coach Beard um, 
is one of the true wise figures at AFC Richmond. Um, it's he clearly, unlike Ted, knows a lot about soccer and knows a lot about football, uh, and he uses it to his advantage. Um, and Brendan Hunt, the actor who plays him, is just brilliant. I love Brendan Hunt. I would love to interview Brendan Hunt someday for this podcast or for a pond for the review of Brian Brendan or for something else even. Um, and look, like I said, Coach Beard doesn't talk a lot, but when he does, you listen. You listen when Coach Beard. One of my favorite scenes involving Coach Beard um, is uh, um, is when he tells Ted. Like, Ted says, I'm not benching Roy. Like, I am, at the end of season one, he's like, I am not benching Roy Kent. And then Beard straight up, he gets mad at Ted. He says, like, you know, you may not care, but the players care. The supporters care. I care. And that was a really great moment, I thought, from Coach Beard. Plus, we see he's just a good guy. Like Higgins, Coach Beard appears to be a really good guy. Like we saw it in the last episode. He's, he has that great night with Paul, Baz, and Jeremy. And he's like, and he rewards them by letting them go on the pitch at Nelson Road. So that was awesome. Coach Beard, like I said, I, I can't say enough about him. Um, and hopefully we see even more development from Coach Beard in these le- next couple of episodes. Uh, like I, they got to figure out what they're doing with this relationship with Jane. Uh, there's got to be some something they got. They got to do something with Jane. Like I, I, I can't have them do it. Like this can't go on into the third season. It might, but it's clear that they have a toxic relationship and that she is batshit crazy. So they got to do something about that with Coach Beard. But I love Coach Beard. He's number three on my top five favorite characters list. Number two is Rebecca, um, the owner of the team. Rebecca Welton, uh, formerly Mannion. Um, Look, I didn't love Rebecca at the start. I don't think anybody did because she was clearly trying to sabotage Ted. But when she finally opens up to Ted and admits that you know she was that she was trying to ruin him, that is a powerful moment. Um, that in all apologies when Ted when Rebecca apologizes to Ted, I think that is the turning point in the show for Rebecca. I I think she goes from being kind of frosty, like Queen of the North type character um, to just letting her guard down. And and again, I I talked about it with the karaoke scene as well. Um, She just lets go. She lets it go. And she's not been the same ever since then. She's been a much more looser, fun character who does, she clearly likes Ted now. She, they all, I, I just think she's great, and I think Hannah Waddingham does a great job playing her. I think they absolutely pick the right character. She's a boss-ass bitch, as, uh, as they say, in, as um, Nora says in episode three. She's a boss-ass bitch, um, and she, she's doing a great job with Richmond. And again, we'll see where the Sam story goes. Uh, I, I'm, not, I'm happy it's not Ted, but... I'll be interested to see what kind of character development that that brings Rebecca in these last three episodes, and um, yeah, um, it's she's just great. Like I, I really can't say enough about you know. Really, I, I think this show does a great job with the female characters as well. I already talked about Keely. I already talked about Rebecca. Uh, I think that this show does a really like. I know it's kind of a male-dominated show, but I, I think that the female characters are just as awesome. Uh, even Nora and Sassy Smurf, I think they all do a great job with those characters as well. So, 
Rebecca's number two. And number one, I mean, who else would it be, guys? He's here, he's there, he's every fucking where. It's Roy Kent. Um, Roy, you know, I, I, he's, just, he's just a great character. As somebody who's watched soccer pretty much my whole life, I have seen a lot of Roy Kent-type footballers come and go throughout the world. I think he's mostly based off of Roy Keane, um, who obviously used to play for Ireland, used to play for Tottenham, a few other teams like that, LA Galaxy. Um, And I think they just did a great job. He swears like every other word. But it's done in such a charming way because you know he's, he's actually, at his soul, a really good guy. Like He is actually a very good dude. Like, he does a great job raising uh, his niece, uh, Phoebe, uh, who is another great character. Another honorable mention is Phoebe, by the way. Phoebe is awesome. Um, Like, he even, like, you know, he says, like, I can't stop, like, in the last episode. uh, We kind of glossed over this when we were talking about the last episode, but he's, he, you know, his niece, Phoebe, gets in trouble for swearing at school, and Roy Kent straight up says, like, you know, I can't, I can't stop swearing, but you can, like, you can't swear, like, the way you do, and expect to be, like, a veterinarian, or a doctor, or anything, like, you want to be, like, so Roy, and now, uh, Roy, it's the Roy can effect, it's the, he has it on every person around him, like, we've seen it since he's come back as a coach in season two, like, he does, he has the Roy can effect, so, He's a special character. There's a reason Brett Goldstein won the Emmy um, the other night. Um, just a great, great job by him. He wasn't even supposed to be in the show to begin with, which is what I think is crazy. Brett Goldstein was supposed to be a writer for the show, but not supposed to be in the cast. Yet, he here he is, and he plays arguably the most popular character. I, I am not the only one who thinks Roy Kent is the best character, by the way. I, there's a lot of people out there who think that Roy Kent is, without a doubt, the best character. So, I mean, look, it's tough to have a top five list and to not include Ted, but it kind of goes to show you the impact that Ted has had on all five of these characters. They have all changed in leaps and bounds from the start of the show. And that is the Ted Lasso effect. Just being near him and his positivity and... What he represents makes everyone at AFC Richmond better. Like even with even if the results don't show on the pitch, Ted Lasso's impact on AFC Richmond goes beyond just you know being a coach. Yeah, you know, he clearly he cares about people and he wants to make people better. And he's made all five of these characters. Even even Coach Beard, who he's been with for a long time, he makes them all better and respect. That's while Ted is not in the top five, that is his impact on the top five. He he clearly played a role in making all five of these characters significantly better over the course of the first two seasons. Now again, I'll be interested to see what they do with Nate. I would love to have Nate back in my top five. Because uh, I loved Nate. I really did. But, man, he has just been such a jerk this season. Like, I, I, just, I just I don't know what to say about Nate other than, where did this come from? Why are you being such an ass? Um, I hope Nate can get back into the top five. But that is my top five favorite characters on Ted Lasso. 
All right, guys, so a few things before we wrap up today's uh, episode of the Hope That Kills You podcast. Uh, One, I don't know yet when I'm going to be dropping the episodes. I spent a lot of time trying to get this podcast going. It took me a couple days to, like, really get in a groove with this podcast. Like, this is, like, the fourth or fifth time I've tried to do this. Like, I, I, I first started on Saturday, and here we are on Wednesday, and I just now finished the first episode of the Hope That Kills You podcast. Uh, after several attempts of trying. Um, if you have any ideas on how I can make this podcast better, uh, please let me know. Um, I, 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 this is a work in progress, guys. This is a work in progress. Um, it's not as well thought out as upon further review with Brian Brennan yet, but uh, I just really felt like I needed a forum to talk about Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso has become more than just a TV show for me. It's become almost a way of life. So... I was looking for a, a spot to talk about it, and um, here, it, uh, here it is. Hopefully, we uh, it, you liked it, and um, you know I I definitely want to have guests on. Um, I definitely you know would love to have people who are also fans of the show on as well. But um, this is really just a work in progress. So I appreciate any suggestions that you may have. Um, on how I can make this podcast better, but I think we did a good job exploring the last two episodes, kind of looking at several of the themes and storylines of of each episode. Uh, I hope you like my favorite characters, top five. Um, Again, um, I love all the characters, so making a top five, and I love all the episodes. So making a top five wasn't easy, but um, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Check out the latest episode of Upon Further Review with Brian Brennan that drops uh, this upcoming Friday. Um, we'll be talking about uh, the NFL. Uh, we'll look ahead into week three. Um, and also, um, of course, you know, talk about the mess that is the Yankees. But, um, uh, that's another thing. I, Ted Lasso's been a nice escape from how much the Yankees suck. Oh, my God. But, um, anyway, um, they have won two games. They've won two games in a row. I can't be too mad. But, anyway, um, I, I thank you very much for listening to this podcast. Again, you know, it took me a while to get this off the ground, but uh, here it is, and uh, I hope you enjoyed it, and there will definitely be a second episode where we'll recap episode 10, and um, I'll probably do another top five. I was thinking top five favorite music moments in the show. I know what number one is, but I have to think of the other four, but I was thinking top five favorite music moments in the show. So uh, with that being said, uh, subscribe on Spotify. I don't know if it's going to be on Apple Music just or on Apple Podcasts uh, just yet, but um, subscribe on Spotify. Follow Upon Further Review with Brian Brennan on Facebook for more updates. And, uh, yeah, that pretty much does it, guys. Um, thank you for listening to the first episode of the Hope That Kills You podcast. As Ted Lasso says, I appreciate you, and have a good one. Talk to you later.